John chapter 7. The title of my message today is The Holy Spirit and You. Right? The Holy Spirit and You. So I'm going to be concentrating a lot on uh, the importance of the Holy Spirit in your life and what He can do in your life, what He can do in us, what He can do with us and also what he can do through us right so that is what i'm going to be concentrating on because it's so important for us to understand that relationship that we have with the holy spirit and what god intended for us uh, 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 to do when the holy spirit comes into our life so john chapter 7 are we there so I will be reading from uh, verse 37 up to verse 41. So the Bible says, uh, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth, on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, Of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? In Jesus' name, Amen. So, Jesus made a promise in the scriptures that we have read here. He made a promise, or rather, he made a prophecy, right? saying those who would believe on him, what was going to happen to them? The Bible says out of their belly. In other words, out of their innermost being shall flow rivers of living water, right? So when he spoke, he claimed that this would happen to everyone who would believe, right? Not to some, but to everyone who would believe. Now, we are then told by John, this is John, all right, uh, 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 the apostle in this uh, particular verses, uh, this particular verses that we read, that Jesus, when he spoke, he was referring to the Holy Spirit, all right? He was referring to the Holy Spirit which the believers would receive, all right? So if Jesus spoke about this, then that means it's very, very important, isn't it? He spoke it before it happened. The Bible says the people had not received the Holy Spirit then because he was not yet glorified. But after he was glorified, meaning after his death and resurrection, all right, then the people would receive the Holy Spirit. And when they received the Holy Spirit, then rivers of living water would begin to flow out of their innermost being, out of their spirit. Now, the background of the verses that we read 
I'm sure in verse 37 here, the, the, the Bible begins by saying, in the last day of the feast, isn't it? In the last day of the feast. So which feast was this? It was the feast of tabernacles. And that feast of tabernacles, you can read uh, uh, the book of Leviticus, verse, uh, chapter 23, I mean, from verse 34 to verse 36 there. It talks about the feast of tabernacles. And that feast ran for eight days, all right? So when the Bible says, in the last day of the feast, that means on the eighth day, that's when Jesus spoke and gave that prophecy, all right? So on this particular day, what would happen? The priest would uh, draw water in a golden vessel from the pool called the pool of Siloam, all right? And that pool, Siloam, uh, by interpretation, means sand, all right? From the pool of Siloam or from the pool called sand, all right? And then you would pour this water mingled with what? With wine onto the morning sacrifice in the temple. So you would take the water from the pool of Siloam and pour the what? Pour that water mixed with wine on the morning sacrifice, all right? So... Uh, uh, perhaps this is the time that Jesus, when this was happening, this is the time that Jesus made that prophecy, saying in the fullness of time, believers would receive uh, the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit in their lives. All right. So by taking the water from the pool of sand, from the pool of Siloam, was simply saying he himself, Jesus, was the one who was sent to give life to the world. He was the one who was sent to give the spirit which gives life, the water of life to the people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So when he spoke, there were a lot of people that were there. Because this is a feast, remember? There were a lot of people. So when he spoke, his word came into the ears of many. And he declared to them that, if any man thirst, let him come unto me. If anyone thirst, let him come unto me and drink, all right? Because they were actually seeing the water being poured. And then he says, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Drink what? The true water that gives life. The spiritual water that gives life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, the Holy Spirit is the water that your spirit man needs. It is the water that your Spirit man needs. Your spirit man does not need physical water, your H2O that you are used to. It needs spirit, spiritual water. Your spirit needs life that comes from the spirit because it's a spirit, isn't it? So the spirit needs life that comes from the spirit for it to live. It needs uh, uh, the, the life of the Spirit. Every man who has not believed on Christ, we all know this, that person has no spiritual life, isn't it? But spiritual life begins when they receive Christ, who is their life, into their life. Because Jesus himself says, I am the life. So without the life, how can we have life in us? Many people are aware of their natural thirst, but they are not aware of their spiritual thirst. So if you are aware of your natural thirst, what do you do? You always what? Try to uh, 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 
quench your natural thirst. Every time you are trying to quench your natural thirst. You, you get what I mean? Every time you are trying to quench uh, uh, the lust of the body, rather than uh, uh, being aware of your spiritual thirst so that you can also quench your spiritual thirst. So when you are saying you have spiritual thirst, you are acknowledging uh, uh, your need for God. You are acknowledging your need for spiritual life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You acknowledge it. You are thirsting for God. You are thirsting to know the true God. You are thirsting to find true life. I see many people trying to find life where there is no life. One of these days, I was watching this documentary when people were worshipping idols. Right now, this day, people are worshipping idols because we think, you know, when the Bible talks about idols, when Paul speaks about idols, even in the Old Testament, when God talks about idols, we say, ah, these are things that were happening, what? In all time. Now people are no longer doing it. Right now, a lot of people in Asia are still worshipping idols. So some of these people have spiritual thirst, but their spiritual thirst is misplaced. You get this? The object of worship is the wrong object of worship. When worship must be directed to the true God, they direct worship to the what? To the wrong object of worship. So some people do have spiritual thirst, but this spiritual thirst is misplaced. But I pray that today they find the true object of worship. They find Jesus who says, if any man thirst, let him come unto me. And that thirst will be quenched with a true spiritual life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. So if you want spiritual things, then you must uh, identify your thirst first. Because how can you be satisfied with spiritual things if there is no thirst for spiritual things? So when Jesus says, if any man thirst, right, that's what he said. Let him come. Which means if you do not come to Jesus or you are not coming to Jesus, you are actually acknowledging that you have no spiritual thirst. You have no thirst for God. You have no thirst for knowing the true God. You have no thirst for knowing spiritual life. Being acquainted with God, you have no thirst in you. Because it says, if any man thirst. So what must come first is the spiritual thirst. We have a lot of people who say, you know what, uh, I've prayed for a long time, but uh, I haven't received the Holy Spirit. The question is, do you have spiritual thirst in you? Because if you have spiritual thirst, it will drive you to come to Jesus. You will try your best to come to Jesus. Because he says, if you thirst. So as I'm reading this verse, the Holy Spirit is only given to those who thirst for it. Look at that. Because it says, if any man thirst. Come on. So if you thirst for the true God, if you thirst for the true things of God, if you thirst for the true life of God, 
if you thirst for the Holy Spirit to fill your life, then Jesus is saying, come, because you are the right candidate. At one time, he says, how much would the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? He's saying, simply ask. But when you are asking, you are asking because you are driven by thirst. Why should the Holy Spirit come into a life uh, in whom he is not loved or in whom he is not needed? In whom we don't want to cultivate a relationship. Why would he come? Why would he force himself on you if you don't want that particular relationship? Come on. So our relationship with God must be based on love. You want God to be in your life. You want everything of God to fill you up. You want the Holy Spirit to fill you up. We must thirst. We must thirst for him. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You know, the Holy Spirit is God himself. You may ask, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God himself. He is not less God than the Son. He is not less God than the Father. He is God himself. So when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, we are saying God himself has come into our life. What kind of privilege is that? To say God himself has come to live in us. What kind of privilege is this? What kind of honor is this? God himself has given himself to you. He has not given something, but he has given himself. Because the Holy Spirit is God. He has given himself unto you. What manner of privilege is this? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So we must be thirsty for the things of the Spirit. For us to walk in the things of the Spirit. Be thirsty for the things of the Spirit. For us to enjoy the things of the Spirit. When we are thirsty for the things of the Spirit, they will also come into our lives very easily. We flow in them very easily. Let us be thirsty for the true water that gives life. Many times our lives are so focused on the physical that we forget the spiritual aspect of life. Our lives are so focused on the physical that we forget the impact that that has on our spiritual life. But our spiritual lives today must take precedence over our physical lives so that everything that we do in the spirit is the one that drives what is happening in the natural? In Jesus' name, amen. You know, in John chapter 4, let me talk a little bit about the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus met this Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4, verse 10. So this is what the Bible says. Jesus answered and said unto her. Why did he answer? Because he had asked the woman first. May you please give me water to drink, isn't it? And what did the woman say? I am a Samaritan, right? 
Why should I give you? You being a Jew, why should I give you water? So this is now Jesus answering unto him, saying, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that says to thee, give me to drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. So he began by saying, if you knew the gift of God, who is the gift of God? Jesus himself, the son of God himself. If you knew the gift of God. So sometimes we may not be aware of the gift of God that God has given us in our lives. So, so that even when Jesus asks for water, you deny Jesus water. But if you knew the gift Right now we are preaching Jesus and there are a lot of people who are not accepting Jesus into their life. But we are asking them this same question. If they knew the gift of God. Jesus is the gift of God. But they don't know it. So they deny him water. They deny him offerings. They deny him the worship, the praise that he deserves. If they knew the gift of God. And who it is that is saying to you. Sometimes even when Jesus speaks, we don't know that he is the one who is speaking. And even when he speaks, what do we do? We don't give heed to his words. We don't take it seriously. But he is saying, if you knew who it is that is speaking to you. If you knew who it is that is saying these words unto you. Who is saying, give me to drink? Who is asking you for natural water, for H2O? You would have asked of him instead. Because he does not have natural water, this one. But he is life-giving water, spiritual water. Life that leads to eternal life. In verse 18, Jesus answered and said unto him, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. So this water that we are drinking every day, how much do we need natural water? We do need it, isn't it? Every day we drink it. Every day we ask for it. Can you please give me water? Because we think through it, we live. And verily, we, we, our bodies live because of that water. But our spirits, our spirits, how do our spirits live? This is what Jesus is saying. Whosoever drinketh of this natural water, you will thirst again. You drink the water today, this morning. After a few hours, you still want the water. Tomorrow, you still want that water. But then he says, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So he's saying, this water that I have, this is the water that if any man drinks, he shall never thirst again. You know, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you will never have spiritual thirst again. Just think of it. The moment that you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and the moment that you were baptized with the Holy Spirit, did you ever know spiritual thirst again? 
Did you ever search for God again? Did you ever search for the truth again? No. Because the moment that the Holy Spirit came into your life, he made God real unto you. You began to know the true God. You entered into a relationship with him. So we are no longer searching for God. God found us. Oh, come on, somebody. And when he found us, we found God. We are no longer thirsty. We have been filled with the Spirit of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. So this water that he is talking about, it is the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit. That is the water of life because the Holy Spirit is also called the water of life, isn't it? Right. So it is the true water that gives life. That is the water that he is speaking about. You remember the verse that we read. The Bible said he was speaking about the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. So we can only get this water in Jesus Christ. Nowhere else. Nowhere else. Where else can we get life-giving water? Where else can we get everlasting life? It is only through Jesus. If any man thirst, let him come unto me. Let him come unto me. You know, the Bible tells us that God has set a seal upon Jesus Christ. In other words, what we are saying is that God has set a seal of approval on Jesus Christ. Such that no one can come to the Father except through the Son. No one can receive eternal life except through the Son, Jesus Christ. No one can receive the Holy Spirit except through the Son, Jesus Christ. So if we want to receive true life, if we want to know the true God, this can only happen through the Lord Jesus Christ because the Father has sealed the Son. This is what Jesus said when he, uh, he was speaking to the people. He says, labor not for the meat that perishes, isn't it? But for the meat that will endure unto ever everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. So sometimes we have to look and say, where is our labor at? Are we laboring for that which endures unto eternal life? Or we are enduring uh, uh, or laboring for the things that perish? And then he says, for him is God the Father sealed, you see? He has put a seal of approval on the Son. Such that when we talk of eternal life, well, then we have to talk about the Son. That we should honor the Son even as we honor the Father. So many people, that's where they miss it. When they think about the Lord Jesus Christ, they want to equate him with Muhammad. They want to equate him with uh, 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 Buddha or those other people of other religions. They want to equate Jesus Christ with Nehand. You don't know what you are talking about. God did not seal Nehand. God did not seal Buddha. He did not seal Muhammad. God sealed the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Bible is saying, for him is the Father sealed. 
For him as the Father put his seal of approval. My God, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. You know, the people, uh, there were a lot of people there. Remember, it was the eighth day, the last day of the feast. So most of the Israelites were there congregated at the temple. So after Jesus spoke those words, the Bible says in verse 40 uh, uh, of John 7, that many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, what saying? When he said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Right? Because I tell you the truth, out of that person's innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. So because of that statement, then the Bible says, many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. So based on that statement, that's when they said, this must be the prophet who is to come. This must be the Christ, the Messiah who is to come. Which means most of them, they associated the coming of the Messiah with the coming of what? Living waters. With the coming or the release of the Spirit of God. You get this? Out of your belly, if any man thirst, let him come unto me. When the Messiah comes, he shall give life unto the people. You know, even when he spoke, last time we were talking about authority consciousness, that you have to be conscious of your spiritual authority. When Jesus spoke, he was conscious of his spiritual authority. He was conscious of who he was. Such that when he spoke, the people said, this man does not speak like the scribes. This is a different man. For when he speaks, he speaks with authority. So whenever he spoke, all people were mesmerized to say, what manner of man is this? What kind of speech is this? How this man speaks? Even the ways that he speaks. Listen to the ways that he speaks. Even you, if you were there, you would wonder at this man. How this man speaks. If any man thirst, let him come unto me. Let him drink. Out of him shall flow rivers of living water. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So just like the woman, you know, when, when the woman encountered Christ, he began to publish that, I think I've met the Christ here. Come and see the man that I've met. This must be the Christ. Because of that encounter, now the people are saying, this must be the Christ. Listen to the words that he's speaking. This man must be the Christ. When John the Baptist spoke about him, he said something special about him concerning what he was to do. In Mark chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, I indeed have baptized you with water. But he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. So John the Baptist, he had a ministry of repentance. So he was baptizing people in the water for repentance. But he's saying, you see what I'm doing today. There is another one who comes who is greater than me. And when that person comes, you know what he's going to do? He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So, 
John is speaking before people begin to receive the Holy Spirit because Jesus was not yet glorified. So you see, most of the times when you follow the ministry of Jesus, even the ministry of John and the ministry of Jesus, he was always speaking about the promise of the Holy Spirit to his people. So already I want you to see the importance of the Holy Spirit in your life. If there is anything that you must put importance on, it is receiving the Holy Spirit. It is getting to know the Holy Spirit. It is fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. It is being led by the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says those that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So we really need to know what it is, what is being referred to, when he says those that are led by the Spirit. So we can't claim to be the children of God if we are not led by the Spirit of God. We can't just receive the Holy Spirit and we pack him like a car. And we are saying, well, we, we, we don't really need you. We can live this life without you. We need to understand the Holy Spirit and how we can walk with him. How we can cooperate with him in this life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Even in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says, For truly John baptized with water. Yes, indeed, he baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days hence. It's only a few days until you are baptized with the Spirit. As Jesus had promised. So we really need to know that relationship between the Holy Spirit and yourself. We need to walk with the Spirit of God. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Hallelujah. You know, when you take in natural food, you also produce natural things, isn't it? Natural things cannot give birth to spiritual things. In other words, what I'm saying is, you produce what you take in. If you take in food, natural food, you also produce natural things, isn't it? Excrement is what comes out of your body. You take natural things, you produce natural things. But if we want to produce spiritual things, then we also have to take spiritual things in. Right? So the rivers of living water that Jesus is talking about, this is not a physical thing. This is not physical water. It's spiritual water. Because he is giving us spiritual water. So he's saying rivers will come out. Why are they coming out? Because you took in that which is spiritual first. That's why I'm saying you produce what you take in. The more you take in things of the spirit, the more also you produce the things of the spirit. In Proverbs 4, verse 23, the Bible says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So when we are talking about the heart, this is not the heart of flesh, but this is the spirit man. It's the innermost being. But then the Bible is saying what? Keep your innermost being. 
with all diligence. You have to guard yourself against the things that come into your spirit. Because out of that inner man are the issues. In other words, the things issue out. Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? Things issue out. Things about life issue out from the spirit man. They issue out from the innermost being. So if we take in the spiritual, if we take in uh, the water of life, then the Bible says you issue out living water. Rivers of living water. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. The work of Christ, what has it done? It has transformed us from within. So the transformation takes place within. We are born again, isn't it? The transformation happened within. The inner man was born again. He was made alive to God. The inner man began to know God. We are transformed from within. This thing that we are talking about, to say rivers of living water shall flow out, this is not something that was not possible before, isn't it? It was not possible. It began to be possible when we received God in us, when we received the Holy Spirit in us. That's when we were now able to issue out rivers of living water. Now, someone may be asking me to say, do these rivers of living water really come out of my life? But Jesus said, anyone who is thirsty, come unto me. If you think they are not issuing out, then Jesus is saying, come unto me. Isn't it? And I will give you that water of life. I will give you that living water. My God, my God. God did a miracle on the inside. <laughs> you know, Paul said, we don't look on the things that are seen. But we look at the things that are unseen. We look at the things that are unseen. If you consider the things that I'm saying by just looking at them from the natural, then you'll never get anything out of them. But the Bible is saying we look at the things that are unseen. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. This what we have is an earthen vessel. This body is fallen. But inside it, the Bible is saying we have treasure in earthen vessels. God has done a miracle on the inside. God has done a miracle in our spirit. And the Holy Spirit has come to live in our spirit. And because of that, the Bible is saying rivers of living water shall issue out from within us. If you, book, uh, uh, if you read the book of Revelation, all right, the last chapter of the book of Revelation, the Bible says waters, living waters, were coming out of the throne. The throne of God and of the Lamb. So living waters are associated with the temple of God. Are you hearing this? They are associated with the temple of God. Living waters. And then the Bible says, don't you know that your bodies are the temple of God? So we are the temple of God. And if we are the temple of God, that means God is in us, isn't it? And living waters come out of God's temple. 
Living waters come out of God's throne. God has enthroned himself in us. So because he has enthroned himself in us, and we are now the temple of God, that's why living waters can issue out of us. God has enthroned himself in us. Many times we look to heaven to say, where is God? But God has enthroned himself in us. We must be conscious of that fact that God is in us. We must be conscious of that fact to say the Holy Spirit is in us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. We are the temple of God. God has enthroned himself in us. It seems like, you know, just a, a simple thing. It seems like a small thing. But this is a big thing. This is a great thing. It's something that when you think of it, you must be gripped with awe to say, how can the almighty God come to dwell in this body? Come to dwell in me. How can he enthrone himself in me? It is a great thing. It is a great thing. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I said before, because you took in the spirit of life, because you took in the living water, the water of life, out of you shall also issue spiritual life. Out of you shall also issue living waters. All right? You know, living there speaks about life, isn't it? It says living water. Living, which means there is life in the water. There is spiritual life in the water. So when the Holy Spirit comes in us, he brings life unto us. And that life can also go out of us. When Jesus came, he had life in himself, isn't it? That's what the Bible says. But because he had life in, in, in himself, he was also able to give life. You get this? He was also able to give life. The Bible is talking about the rivers of living water. That way the rivers, the rivers speak of abundance. So it's not only living water, but it's an abundance of living water. It's an abundance of life-giving water. So you must know you have an abundance of life-giving water in you. Oh my God, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Oh, glory to Jesus. You know, we have Christians who always think about death in them. Oh, I'm so weak. Oh, I will die. Oh, this and that. You feel like you will die anytime. What did Jesus say? He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me shall never die. Isn't it? He says, even though he dies, yet shall he live. So, speaking from a spiritual perspective, you have passed from death unto life. Because of the Holy Spirit in you, you will never die. Spiritually speaking. So, physically speaking, then the Bible says, even though he die, 
yet shall he live. Now he's talking about the resurrection. Because by the same spirit, God is also going to resurrect us. Oh my God. Because when Jesus died, the Bible says he was raised by the glory of the Father. He was raised by the spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit who has come into our life, this is our hope for immortality. We have life in ourselves. My God, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Tell yourself that I live forever. I live forever. Because Jesus says, if you know me and you accept me, then you shall never die. You shall never die. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace. So we received abundance of grace. The Bible is talking about the rivers, abundance of living water. So we received an abundance of grace. And of the gift of righteousness. So we received the gift of righteousness. Isn't it? Then he says, shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So we shall reign in life by Jesus Christ. Because we have received the Holy Ghost, we reign in life by Jesus Christ. You are not a failure. You are not a loser. You cannot be defeated. Because the Spirit of God is in your life. We have received that abundance of grace. And the gift of righteousness. My God. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. And because we received that gift of righteousness. And received the Holy Spirit. What God has made us into. Is that he has made us life giving spirits. Understand this. Maybe tell yourself this. I am a life giving spirit. I am a what? A life-giving spirit. I say, tell yourself that I am a life-giving spirit. You are a life-giving spirit. The Bible says Adam was made a living soul. But Jesus, the last Adam, the second man, was a life-giving spirit. So because Jesus is a life-giving spirit, we have also been made life-giving spirit. So we not only have life in ourselves through the Holy Ghost, but we also are life-giving spirits. Look at this. We received the water of life, isn't it? Look at this. We received the water of life, isn't it? So when we received the water of life, then we came alive, isn't it? Make sense? But then Jesus says, now that you have been made alive, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So if these rivers of living water which we received are now flowing out of us, then we are now what? Giving out waters of life. So when we give out waters of life, what are we doing? We are life-giving spirits. You get this? So when we go out with the gospel, what are we doing? We are going out to give life. When we are ministering to people, we are what? Life-giving spirits. We are giving life to people. When we heal the sick, we are giving life. When we 
save people by preaching to them, snatching them from hellfire so that they may inherit eternal life. What are we doing? We are giving life unto them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Hallelujah. So as I conclude my message today, uh, what will this life-giving water do into your life? What will these rivers of living water do in your life? They bring life to your own mortal body. They vitalize your own mortal body. They bring life into your own life. That is the first thing. And number two, they bring life to others. So you must know that relationship that you have with the Spirit of God. That when He comes into your life, He brings life into you. He brings life into your spirit. He brings life into your soul. And He also brings life into your body. And not only that, He goes on a step further and He brings life to others. And he brings life to the world. So when we are talking about healing the world, God is going to do it with you. God is going to do it with you. Because you are a life-giving spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So if I'm speaking to anyone right now who says, I have not received the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, if you just ask, you receive. It's all about your thirst. Are you thirsty for the things of God? Are you thirsty for God? Do you want to know the true God? If you want to know the true God, then receive Jesus Christ into your life. Who died for your sins. Who died for the sins of the whole world. Receive him today. Receive him today. And say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me of my sin. I receive Jesus today as my Lord and Savior. And according to your promise, where you say that those who are thirsty, come unto me, and I shall satisfy their thirst. I ask you today that you may give me this living water. I ask you today that you may fill me with the Holy Spirit. You said, Lord, how much will the Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask of him? And I'm asking today that you may fill me up. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so that rivers of living water may begin to flow out of my life. That I may begin to know the Holy Spirit, this wonderful Spirit of God that I may begin to walk with him. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen and amen.